yesterday that I was on number 500 of Knuckle Up, threatening to, to set myself aflame. Actually, we started that show at 500, went backwards to 100. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Backwards to one from 500. The claim being, if I hadn't been nominated, I didn't have to win. If I hadn't been nominated MMA Journalist of the Year at, at by the time the show had gotten to one, that I was going to set myself aflame on that show. And it's not so much that I lie. It's not so much that I lie, but I just say stuff that doesn't come true. And I actually had plans to douse myself with gasoline, you know, uh, and uh, and set myself aflame, uh, not up to and including death. But I figured, you know, as a former stuntman, I did my own stunt, Leonard Part Six, run, getting run down by a horse, that being the stunt. That I, I could handle it. And somebody was like, yeah, but what about the 
what about if you can't? <laughs> and I was like, hey, you know, I'm not going to get set myself in flame for shits and giggles. But the important thing was what I decided is I'm, a couple of things happened. One, it let me kill a show that was exclusively MMA. Even though we talk a lot about MMA on this show, it's not exclusively. I don't have to. And two, it allowed me to move out from under the aegis of Vox into, into YouTube and my own channel. The reason being, I was getting pressure from the bosses at Ozzy because Vox was a competitor. And so technically, I was moonlighting for, I was working for a competitor, moonlighting with a competitor, working for a competitor. An argument that they made, that made some sort of sense to me. So that was one of the reasons I had, and it just dovetailed nicely with, and of course, I was, they failed to make me, um, the world failed to nominate me because, this, look, I didn't know it was rigged until the, what, what was rigged? Everything. Uh, the Grammys, Joe Ciccarelli was nominated for producing our record, Kurt Ellings and uh, the Shins in one year. And we were up against Mark Ronson and Amy Winehouse. And somebody told me these things are rigged. They're rigged. What do you mean they're rigged? They're rigged. There's a, there's a, you think Justin Bieber is like people are actually sitting down and they get their little pens and vote for Justin Bieber. They decide. They decide. It's not like the Oscars where Price Waterhouse is actually trying to give some semblance of real voting. The Grammys are not that way. And probably the fighter awards, the MMA awards, even less so. So I didn't set myself aflame. What was born was a show stomper. And here you are. Commercials to top off the hour. I didn't get to them. Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com if you are of the mind to PayPal. Eugene dash, uh, Eugene hyphen, Robinson hyphen 28. It's either Cash App or Venmo. I can never remember which. Or you can go to old-fashioned way, patreon.com slash the stomper. And for those of you who likes to read, as some of you may have, Substack, which is always free, can all, you can also donate through Substack. If you're of, is of, of, you know, but then uh, those of you who already su- say have already read the Substack are like, hey, uh, Mr. Robinson, uh, why should we got to pay you too? You got a new job, uh, 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 you know, you you you, you, you got you got a new job. Well, what do you need money from us for? Well, <laughs> we never know how long these jobs gonna last. Isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> last hired, first fired. The toughest job that the manager has, Mr. Robinson. I don't know how to tell you this. Clear out your fucking desk. No. Well, listen. So that was one of the things that was going on behind the scene when I was whispering about all these dark things happening. Each and every one of these sources was uh, Ozzy. And I remember saying at one time a couple of things. And I said, if you guys wanted a blank slate, hire exclusively people out of college. Everything I'm doing today is things that I would I was doing when you hired me. Why would you care if I use my vacation time to go on tour with, with my, you know, what about if I spent my weekends playing golf? Why would you care? Never a reasonable explanation to me as to why, why, why this should be a, a, of concern to me. Not a single, not a reasonable ever, ever explanation as, as to why, um, why this should be 
So the past nine years, it's been a duck and dodge fest, a dodge and duck fest, and the, the this and the that fest, and the this and the that. I mean, I couldn't, you know. And routinely, it was a cat and mouse thing. Because it's an open world, if somebody was to put on, on Google or Twitter or post somewhere, really looking forward to the show on the 27th, because there is an actual Oxbow show on November 27th at uh, Great America Music Hall, or whatever that Saturday is. I, I can't remember if it's 27th or 28th. I, I am confused in this regard. But, uh, you know, and, it, and, the word, and the word got back to uh, uh, the powers that be. And the word got back to the powers that be. Suddenly, I would have spilkus over it. I'd have problems, right? I would have problems because of this. Like somehow a meeting would be scheduled. Somehow there would be some attempt to interfere. It never made sense to me, and that's the way it was. So having a creative life for the past nine years has been an absolute misery. And and if you've been paying attention, I've been really productive. Let's let's count the ways. I did uh, Left Hand Path, me and Zoo. I did um, I did a, uh, uh, Sal Minio, me and Jamie Stewart from Juju. I did two A Resting Place for Strangers and An Easy Way Out, two solo pro- two side projects with the the Italian supergroup Bunuel. I did. Thin Black Duke. I don't think I had any books in there. I had articles for Vice, which technically I shouldn't have done. I understood that, but I did them anyway. For Vice's fight vertical. Did I mention? I did mention Thin Black Duke. Um, at, uh, L'Enfance Rouge, the uh, uh, the first will and testament. It's like six things. Oh, I did the Thin Black book. The 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 Latvian produced really hardbound co- uh, companion piece to thin, uh, thin, uh, uh, thin black Duke, thin black book. It's like eight. I did tours. I did two tours with Boone. Uh, I did two tours with L'Enfance Rouge. And I did two tours during my vacation time with Boone. Well, so already, that's like 12, th- in nine years, that's 12 things I did. Uh, and even still, when I left, I had 250 hours of unused vacation time. So that means every one of those things was cleverly, and a lot of those I had to cut short because of some, because of some fake reason back, and I had to fly back. Missing a show here or there. It seemed to me that there was no place that the internet had created a situation where there was no place, no place that, you know, I mean, in the old days, when I was at Intel, Adobe, Apple, Nikon, where people said, Eugene, what did you do this weekend? I go, hey, one time I slipped and I said, I went to Dublin. They go, oh yeah, I heard the traffic on the bridge was terrible. I go, Ireland. You went to Dublin Island for three days? Uh-huh. What'd you do there? Uh, we recorded some stuff with Marion Faithful at U2 Studio, Windmill Lane in Dublin. 
I think I was at Nikon then. And they were like, oh, okay, okay. It's my own time. Could have been golf. But this was a capital crime. You don't understand the, the I'm not, I'm not asking for sympathy here. <laughs> I'm not even complaining. I am noting. Just noting. So I start to think that it's a multi-varied process. Now, since June, I've been sort of voce, I've been sending out resumes, right? I can't really announce that I don't that I'm no longer at Ozzy because you know I'm still working on a deal with them. And I realize if the deal doesn't fall through, I'm gonna write about it. If the well, it's oh, uh, the other way. If the deal falls through, I'm gonna write about it. If the deal doesn't fall through, I'm not gonna write about it. If they're willing to buy my silence and non-disparagement clause in June, I thought, okay. Everybody's telling me to take the money. I was asking for nine months. I bumped it up to 18 months in the theory of halves that they're going to, they need to feel like they're getting over on somehow. I give them 18 months and they will give me nine months severance. That's what I was asking for. Okay. Um, As you well know, we already talked about this. I was denied. So I'm going to write about it. But all through this time, I'm doing interviews with with other places. And, uh, and it's because COVID it's a double whammy. So Let's go through the whammies. <laughs> Dude's 59. Now, you all know that I'm nowhere. I'm not your father's 59. But on paper, the resume is like two pages long. You can't, you know. And then some places get slick and they ask you, what year did you graduate from college? I don't know. I don't remember. That would be a better answer than... Uh, a better answer would even be, I didn't go to college. That would have been more successful than if I answered truthfully, which is 1984. I'm friends with people who were not born in 1984. I was already dropping loads in 1984. I mean, 1984. So the age thing, ageism, it's real. I'm not complaining i'm just noting and then there's also the unspoken element the tattoos uh, and of course if you google the, the, the naked guy on stage and choking people you know people neglect ah the stanford guy they pay attention to what they want to pay attention to some wise acre hr person says hey let's type this new guy's name in google see if it and uh chokes rowdy concert goes i don't choke any rowdy well well, listen, I'm only choking people who are throwing stuff at me, like I would in any situation in life. All right? So it's slow going. You know, it's slow going. And I got close a couple of times. And I, I'm going to name the places I got close to because they rejected me. Visa. I almost got a job at Visa, a VP gig at Visa, until very much clearly somebody said, Hey, let's Google that guy. And then like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, well, or may, maybe the tattoos, maybe the band activity, or maybe it's just I'm too, uh, I don't know, too negative, too negative, negative, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows why? But, you know, it, I mean, it's got, to, it's got to, it had gotten as bad as I, 
uh, we'll have an offer for you Monday, and then nothing on Monday. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But these are rinky-tink fucking jobs, right? These are jobs just so just so I can I can pay the rent. You know, I don't get put out in the street. And the pricks at Ozzy just dragging it out, dragging it out, dragging it out. You know. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, like Dom DeLuise says in the 12 chairs, why do you think God gave me the strength to get up here and denied you the same? Suddenly the clouds part. I get a call from a Ben Smith. At the same time as I'm getting a text from my lawyer saying that they canceled the, that they were, were refu- they're accusing me of writing a June 7th negative review for Ozzy on Glassdoor and they will not pay out until I remove it. And I say, I, I didn't write it. And they said, we don't believe you. So good luck. And I say to Ben Smith, you know what? You can quote me on that. Didn't know what would happen. Didn't know what would happen. So they quote me on that. And I said, you know, I'm probably going to hit get hit with a cease and desist, some violation, some bullshit NDA. Sent it to my lawyer. My lawyer goes, no, nah, you're fine. I think you're fine. Talked to a couple of people. They said, oh, really? If, this, if, if you get sued, I got two billionaires who love you because this sex with Eugene Collum was, was a hit. They'll back our play. You'll have a legal defense fund. I said, all right. But I knew before any of that happened and distracted me, I had to get on the money. So a few weeks ago for the, uh, I had to get, I had to get, like Ritstone a few weeks ago for the Substack, Eugene S. Robinson.substack.com. I wrote uh, uh, the piece about the house Negro. Just had to get it down before anything interfered with it, like a lawsuit, served with papers, a, a parking lot attack, any of that. All right. And so that piece hits. I get 47,000 opens on it. FYI, use and those who listen to the show are responsible for a typical week for me on the Substack is about 2,000 opens. 47,000. Suddenly it's being retweeted. It's being picked up by CNN Business, Axios, Business Insider. And I'm like, ah, cool. And I'm thinking of Bobby Southworth, the AKA fighter who subsequently moved to uh, moved to Texas because his wife got, I think she got a good job at Texas Instrument. And somebody said, how can you, your career, you turn your back. He goes, you know what? He goes, you know, your fame. He goes, you know what fame is? He said, when everybody knows your name, but you don't have a nickel in the bank. That That's a certain, that's fame. That's the kind of fame I got. I'm thinking, I thought about Bobby Southworth a lot. I was like, I'm glad. Then the New York Times says, hey, kind of upset that you wrote this Substack, but you know, but I think our, your piece for us will be fundamentally different. Would you like to do it? I said, sure. Does this pay out? And they say, yeah, $50. I'm so used to being treated badly. I was like, hey, you know, $50. All right. And the guy writes back, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a typo. I'm sorry. I meant 500 I was like, even better. Through 47 iterations because the former CEO challenged each and every one of my facts in the piece. So I took it 47. Did, he says he didn't meet you in 2012. I had to produce emails from 2012 to indicate that he didn't know me. Pleasant to, pleasantly found out this past week that they actually I got paid $1,200 for it. Didn't realize. Ah, it was a good week. Okay. 
So I'm sitting there. It's like, I'm over here. I'm over here. And then it starts. I start getting calls. I start, my, my thing on LinkedIn starts to go through the roof. I'm not going to, I'm not, these people were, were beautiful to me. So only in cases in which I said, yes, am I going to talk about it? TV show, CNN folks uh, wanted me to come, come, come work there. Uh, a big newspaper in Los Angeles wanted me to come work there. Um, NBC and Universal approached about help helping out for the documentary. A Pulitzer Prize winning writer who moved into film has made a couple of successful movies is tugging on my coat about the film. I want to make it into a film. On a completely parallel path, somebody, and I'm not, I don't think I'm cheating anything to, to make mention of it, at Saloon Media. Up in Toronto, with a consortium of people, want to get put together a TV show based on the fight book. Completely unrelated. Uh, like Anthony Bourdain of the fight world, fighting, fighting and crime, <laughs> crime and fighting, not not crime fighting, fighting and crime. Books. Talk to two agents. They said, "Okay, nobody gives a shit about Ozzy in a book form. No publisher will use it as a jump as a uh, as a jump point. May, write a book about about a uh, like the Big Short, but for Silicon Valley." Get that done before the movie gets done. You put a stake in the ground. By which I mean, like I said in the Substack piece, it's not at that point, what am I going to do? It's what should I do? And now I'm gripping. I'm gripping. Right? I'm not one of these guys. I'm like, my mother had a saying when I was growing up, my first mind is my better mind. Allen Ginsberg had one about, uh, you know, uh, Dharma gates are endless, but that, you, you know, you, you're intuitive. And so largely all of my decisions have been intuitive, but I am haunted. I am haunted by a decision I made back in the 90s to leave Apple to go to Adobe, the biggest professional mistake I ever made. The biggest. I thought the companies were the same were not. The first day I was there, I knew I had made a mistake. There were two types of hippies. They are the rigid hippies who will shoot you for walking on their lawn. And then they're the hippies who are lying naked on their lawn. That's the only way I can explain the difference to you. Apple was like the naked hippies lie the hippies lying naked on their lawn. That's you know really seemed to prize a certain amount of creativity back then. This is right after Steve had gotten there. I don't know about now. Now it's like a castle and they pull the ladders up. As far as I know, that's what it's like. Warnock and those cats who started Adobe, they were like the, the cranky hippies who were showing up at city council meetings and shooting you for walking on their grass. Different. It was much more rigid. Didn't work for me. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Fortunately, I fell in with a guy... <laughs> 
my only friend at Adobe, I fell in with a guy who was the inspiration for the Frank character for that record that somebody mentioned earlier, that Mr. J.W. mentioned earlier, The Narcotic Story. I was technically a mark, senior marketing consultant, but I was doing Apple.com. Uh, Geneve, uh, Genevieve Bell, I don't remember, but I don't remember guys who I trained with. <laughs> I was rolling with a guy the other day. I said, hey, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, you new here? The guy looks at me. We rolled together before. I go, great, great. Uh, what's your name? <laughs> Actually, it's the same name as the guy you just rolled with. Hey, man. Hey, man. I was, oh, yeah. oh, I forgot. Commercial at the top of the hour. Edit this in. Or you can send cash the old way like Tommy LB does in an envelope. I appreciate it. Gifts and presents, too. The karate book he sent. Aces. I was like, the guy's like, yeah, we just rolled. I said, hey, man. 59 years old. You know how many people? I've met more people than you'll know. Can't remember everything. So uh, uh, so now I'm gripping. I got all of these things. I got, you know, like Topo Gigio. I got the plates. All the plates are spinning. Da, 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 da. What am I going to do? So somebody makes a Don Corleone offer. I was like, God damn, this is like an all right offer. I, I, I think I got to do it. The second, the second where I agree in principle, an article comes up with this person that I just met saying, boss from hell. <laughs> I mean, I, I say, look, uh, hmm, I'm not going to take the job. I, I, I got to pass. And this person says, I'm going to come up there and talk to you. And they came up, spent four hours, and they were wonderful. I said, well, how do you address this other issue? You know, it's like, uh, so, well, it's a generational thing. You know, I want to win a Pulitzer Prize, you know? So if you're under 40 and you think that's easy, you don't know. And I actually believe this person. I don't the amount and the kind of effort I put into working for Ozzy, I didn't see a lot of other people sitting there when I was working 24-hour days. Didn't see it. I don't say you need to do that. It seems to me to be really inefficient. But if you got stuff you want to do, that's you got to somehow be willing somehow to do crazy shit like that. So, And then went running afterward. Didn't train. I was too tired for that. But could go running. So this person made a game play for it. So the other person... I go, man, I really, I want to, I want to try to, I wanna maybe start with like a career switch. I ask a few people, do some due diligence. And the word that came up from two separate, different people, personality types was hell, 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 hell. It's like, ah, I can't take that. These people like hard, hard charging people. And I'm like, you know how many people, I said, look, it doesn't, you know, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta probably do something that's closer to being to being excited about me being me because I just spent nine years in a place where they weren't excited at all about me being me. But it's like, ah, no, no, you gotta be, as I gotta turn this person down. Now, some of the documentary film people, I go, hey, how about my friend A.C. Thompson? He went to embed himself in Afghanistan, wrote a book about it. 
came back frontline said we want you to produce the book produce chapters from the book they made him a producer on the show on frontline can we do that they said yeah not for documentary it's a compromise you can't do a documentary about another subject in which you're featured and have you be in the production it makes it seem biased it's not an integrity move so I don't know if I want to do it anyway, but it's a, no, no, NBC Universal got together with New York Times. So wow, New York Times has been so great to me. They've been really cool. All right, all right, all right. In theory, I'll go with you. Some of the some of the Sharpies from LA who have been trying to get me to sign an exclusive deal, they were like, yeah, okay, we'll call you Tuesday. You don't call me Tuesday. I'm a New York guy. You tell me you're going to call me Tuesday. You don't call me Tuesday. Get the fuck out of here with that. Don't tell me Tuesday to call me whenever you say you're going to call, but don't do that because this is the first date, <laughs> you know, three, three years down, three, six months down the road. What, what can I expect? The documentary is about Ozzy. So is the film. The TV show is the The TV show is uh, based on the fight book is essentially going to do for fighting and crime, not crime fighting. Uh, what AC Thompson did with frontline, and what Bourdain did with food and eating, which is also done by my friend Richard Sterling first, which is where I got the idea to do a travelogue like this. Well before Bourdain, he said, I'm going to go around the world and eat everything that humans eat. And he almost went to Papua New Guinea so he could eat human flesh and they stopped him. But his, he's got a book out. Richard Sterling has is now an expat Vietnam vet. I think now he makes his home in Cambodia. Great guy. So these plates are all swirling, and then I get a call from a company, and the name, I'm like, you know, you know me, I'm a perpetual high school student, so this is the name of the company. And right away, I go, dick shit? The company is called dick shit. <laughs> no, you know, and, and, the thing, and they had a sense of humor about it, and they said, that would be Wang duty. I go, ah, yeah, good for you. Good for you. You're correct. It would be Wang. I have yet to call my penis Wong. I have, however, said Wing Wang or Wang. That's an, actually an interesting piece I tried to sell Ozzy on at one point. What people call their penises and what it says about the person who uses it. Like, it's rare, unless I'm in polite society, that I will use the word penis to refer to my penis. I never use the word prick to describe my penis. A prick is a person who is like a penis. My go-to, sometimes it depends on how I feel. If I want to be vaguely insulting, I might use a ding-dong usually in the circumstance of double ding-donging, which would be a threesome, or a wing-wang, never a wong. My go-to for my penis is the good old Teutonic cock. Sorry, that's just, I just, I just end up there. You know, that's, that's, you know to each their own. Schlong, very, very rarely. Very, 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 very rarely. Anyway, I digress. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're talking to me. And, uh, and, uh, and then they like, they say, 
little bits and pieces start to come out about Wong Duty, you know, and uh, I write about in the Substack, so I'm not going to reiterate that. But I think probably, probably the thing that so solidified it was this. This is their one of their corporate logos. <laughs> because what I, I can't find it around. I have the sticker. One of their corporate uh, slogans is "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and and in fact, they gave me a speech, and the speech had something to do with like all the things that Ozzy hated that you that you do, the band, the books, the MMA. We love. In fact, we want you to do more. So, well, what about I do a Substack about it? They go great. <laughs> what? No, no, yeah, do it. Let us see it. I sent it. They had one correction. Accenture is really Accenture Interactive, something I never would have known. I go, okay, one change. It's a Don Corleone offer. But I'm still, I said, ah, and Ruby called me. Ruby, if you remember on the other show, works at Wyden Kennedy. The guy Kennedy, who just died before he died, one of the last things he did was to give her a glowing recommendation. Like, why haven't we hired her? Three weeks after she graduated from college. Like I mentioned in the Substack, it took me 17. It took me 17 a month. I may have even written that incorrectly in the Substack. 17 months to get a, job, a career job after after I graduated, I was moving furniture and painting houses, putting up sheetrock and moving uh, antique stoves into 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 up to three story lofts for people. She said, "Take it." I go, "Yeah, but you know." And it reminded me of when I used to work for Microwave Systems News, which was a magazine about. Air uh, avionics. It was an avionic magazine, and they were not, they were doing pretty poorly. Defense Electronics was doing great, and they said, "Eugene, we're gonna." I used to make fun of the Defense Electronics. Yeah, you baby killers, you baby. So, Eugene, we got good news for you. Yeah, we're gonna make you associate editor. This is me. That was my one of my first job. My first job out of college, associate editor. Yeah, I'm gonna make you associate editor. I go for who? For Defense Electronics. I was like, ah, I'm no punk rock guy. I was a young punk rock guy. I, was like, I fuck the state. I'm not gonna work for you, baby. And then I said, well, "What if I don't want it?" And they were like. <laughs> that's a that's a choice and i got it this is the only move there are no other plays they had the guy dave budakoff i'm sure you he wouldn't mind me mentioning his name russian cat says hey can i talk to you for a minute i go yeah he says do you have does a country have a right to defense yes it does well does it if you're going to defend yourself do you think it makes sense to know more or less about how you're choosing to defend yourself I was like, yeah, you're in the martial arts. I go, yeah, maybe more. They said, that's what we do. So I took the job, right? Same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm dithering. And, and I like, I, you know, this is not media. This is, you know, and a couple of things. So Ruby is like, no, this is how you affect the conversation in America. And I was like, oh, yeah, but that's the reason why I didn't let my kids watch TV before they could read because I knew the messages they sneak in are powerful, you know? A child is influenced by the make-believe. To take advantage of this truth, it's a cold-hearted sin. It's the bad brains. I guess you have to get in a movie somewhere. I guess you have to get in a movie somewhere. Well, huh. 
And then my mother was like, media is dead. Ma, what are you? Yeah, they always can't keep a publication. No, it pays for it. How you get it? I was like, yeah. She goes, unless you're talking about the LA Times, New York Times. And well, LA Times was one of the people I was talking. She's great. You know how many people work for the LA Times? I go, I know five. She goes, what happened to them? Oh, they all got fired. Now, if you look at the fact that I'm only probably interested in work, working not more than 10 years from this point in time. Where do I want to spend that 10 years? So I, I look at the finger, the fuck yeah. And then they say, yeah, I start to feel like the guy in the old Beretta show. DA, have you seen Bumpy Johnson? Yeah, I can't remember where. Guy pulls out a 20, you know. Oh, yeah, I saw him. He was there. Another 20. They start doing that. And the 20s and the 20s are adding up. And I'm like, okay. Well, the only thing I got, I mean, what are you, you going to make me, you know, what are you going to, what are you, accounting exec? That doesn't look good on my resume. And they said, no, you're going to be a VP. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. The jungle wants me to do this. The jungle wants me to do this. I, I have run out of excuses. This is like going back to, now I could stay in Silicon Valley and, and, and keep trying to, you know, poking around with the resumes and then these people read about me on Google da, da, da. or the people who say, we love Oxbow. We love MMA. We love your procedures. We love it. Fuck, I got to take it. So assistant vice president marketing content at Wong Duty, that is me. That is me. I could talk about it now. Couldn't talk about it before. It's a second act to nine years in hell. You know, you know I mean, I, I, I sort of in a small way feel like a turncoat for uh, leaving media behind. But um, I don't know of many people who media is in trouble. You know, my maybe my mother was being overly broad, but media is in trouble. You think you know media, you don't know media. For example, nobody we saw doing commentating on Saturday night for the fights, if you were fortunate enough to watch the fights, um, those are PR people. They weren't media. <laughs> they work for the UFC. Okay. Brent Okamoto may have been cage-sided, but I suspect not because I'm reading his tweets. You do. You try to do real MMA media, and you end up like Loretta Hunt getting a job. I think she's now working in tech. <laughs> All right. I got friends who work for the Wall Street Journal. Have been there twenty years. The guys are terrified to talk to me. Buttoned down, buckled down, got nothing. 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 Not a single fucking thing happening. They can't. So I start. Well, what am I? What am? What am I? What am I gaining? What am I losing? I can affect the conversation in a way that, uh, I, I mean, the list of people that they represent is huge. I cannot, I cannot, actually, I'm not at liberty to discuss, but these, these are companies, they work for companies that, that actually, that actually touch all of our lives. All of our lives. Every single one. And you can't underestimate, can't underestimate, is it under as a you, you, you can't discount 
the fact that all the shit that that um <laughs> yeah exactly that with all the shit that uh, I went through for the last nine years look you know it's it can't be worse they like it and that puts them above I mean one of the people I was gonna work for <laughs> was uh was I'm not gonna mention their name like I said I wouldn't they they make educational materials for children. <laughs> we can you imagine them when they had that monsters moment when somebody at HR at that company said, "Hey, let's Google the guy, see what comes up." <laughs> this is the guy that we want putting out our stuff for children. Yeah, yeah. Say, well, you know what? You know who does the books for blind children? Who reads the, the does does the voices? For books on tape for blind kids, Ed Kemper is one of the people who does that. You don't know who Ed Kemper is? Well, I guess maybe you're not up on your information about men who cut off their grandmother's heads and fuck the mouths. Look up Ed Kemper. He's doing educational material for blind children now. I didn't read this. I was told this by a friend of Ed Kemper's. How I ended up being friends with a friend of N. Kemper's is another story. Go to Google, type in Ed Kemper if you don't already know who he is. <laughs> no, I'm 100% serious. But these people would probably have denied me when they saw that I'm in a rock and roll band. And yet Ed Kemper is probably doing their books on tape for kids. <laughs> I don't know this. I'm just speculating. In any case, that is a job I've chosen. Like Mike uh, 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 Trout said in Breaking Bad, better call Saul, I decide to play the cards I've been dealt. That's it. So this, this chapter of the last decade is now closed. I'm relative. I'm back. And I still feel slightly traumatized. I got a little bit of, uh, I got a little bit of, uh, um, I got a little bit of a PTSD. And I always discount that. Like they had, one of the things they had to do was watch a video. And they, one of the founders was joking about firing people. And I found myself, what the fuck, the fuck is that supposed to mean? Huh? What the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, bro, 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 bro. It's not Ozzy, all right? You gotta, I like the classic case of the guy who gets out of a terrible relationship and needs like two or three training wheel relationships after it. So, so just to lose the flip outedness of, of, of before. So that's where we are. So now you've had it without having to read the Substack if you don't like reading. Like that guy who I put a choke on in jujitsu and I, he said, I'm not gonna let you. He tapped. I go, nah, I'm not gonna let you go until you buy my book. I'll give it to you wholesale. He goes, no. And I just squeeze. He goes, nah, I'm not gonna do it. I go, oh, you're gonna do it. You're gonna buy the book. Nah, I'm not going to do it. And I go, you would really rather have me? He goes, I don't read. Whoa, whoa. So I loosened up a little bit. And I was like, what do you mean you don't read? He goes, how do you get your news? He goes, people tell me things. I was like, okay, I let him go. Brett was his name. What are you going to do with a guy like that? (laughs) So maybe you don't read, so you heard it here. So that's what I was doing last night, writing that substack. Whilst watching the UFSI, now you remember there were 14, 14 uh, cares on the card, 14, no, 14 fights on the card, 
uh, uh, two cares. Now, Mr. Is, who let me know he wasn't going to be here tonight, he's he, he was the only one who was lighting up Twitter. This is bonkers. This is a night of bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. Bonkers, 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 right? And Steph is like seconding this stuff. Yeah, the, the guy who plays Kemper on Mindhunter is actually, according to my friend who's friends with Kemper, eerily like the real Kemper. Except, of course, he didn't chop off his grandmother's head. I mean, uh, and, you know, they asked him, I think, this, what was the causes belli for... For Kemper, and he at one point, you know, in the many conversations he had, he was like, if she just kept her mouth shut. I guess the world is full of people who don't know that they're stepping over lines they're stepping over. Like that kid who confronted that 13, 14-year-old kid, or 15, I don't remember, who confronted his father with the picture he found of the father dressed up like a woman eating poop out of a baby's diaper. Like I said, there is no point in my life in which I found something like that, that I'm confronting the person who's in the picture. There is no point in my life where I would ever come to think that that was a wise choice. <laughs> Instinct for self-preservation, we don't all have it. So uh, so let, let's just go. So 14 fights in the card, cared about two. Um, but one of the things I noticed, and I, it took me on Care Don't Care, which you can watch tomorrow at noon, it took me a little bit. I wasn't able to articulate what was happening, but this was in regard to Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez is in the penalty box, and it's uncomfortable. He He's a neo-Sukuju. Like, if you remember, Sukuju was a guy who was super talented, was run out there way too soon, you know, uh, put in deep water without care or concern for his health or well-being. So the guy came up fast, burnt out fast, out fast. It's like, we don't get your tissue paper to us. We don't give a shit. The, in, in any case, the idea was to get him into a, a place or a point of, 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 a place or a point of powerlessness. Now, there are two guys who I know. I don't know if you remember the TV show, Ali McBeal. It, uh, uh, Callista Flockhart was in it, and she is now uh, Harrison Ford's wife. Any case, two friends of mine got on got on the show. They were came on the show as extras, and they have a couple of things going for them. A couple of edges. One of the edges is that they're twins, Steve and Eric Cohen. Another thing is they could juggle. Apparently, okay. These guys got on the show as extras. They became featured performers, the dancing twins, the dancing. And apparently, unbeknownst to me, they could actually dance. So they could dance, juggle, and they were twins. And TV Guide wrote about them as one of the best things on TV season. Whenever that was, the show was hot in 87. They marched into the producer's office and said, we want to raise like, sorry, who are you? We are the dancing twins. Look at what TV guide says. They're like, huh, you're fired. <laughs> Fucking Hollywood doesn't play. That wasn't even the, the, the Hollywood fade, the chimp chill out. That's not what that was. That was like, Mr. Larry, Mr. Siegel, Mr. Siegel, Mr. Larry, get the fuck out. That was it. 
Now they've made a career as as extras. Um, but no, not dancing babies, dancing twins. They're adults. But that was that. So I get the sense that Yair Rodriguez got, got his hand close to the brass ring, and then he started complaining about money, and that was that. You know what they said, right? Some guy in the comments of the House Negro piece was giving me a hard time for taking shit for nine years. Oh, this doesn't seem to speak well to your tough guy credential. Say, hey, bro, yeah, I'm going to tell you like I've told people who I punched in the face before. Sometime in life, you're doing the punching, and sometime in life, you're getting punched. It behooves you to have an attitude measured in either case. He's like, well, it doesn't seem like... I said, hey, if you, you're 40 years old and you haven't had to eat shit, count yourself lucky. You're overdue. Nine years. Nine years. <laughs> nine, nine years. All right. So, uh, so, so, yeah. What I said about that nine years is uh, diplomacy was saying diplomacy is saying good doggy until you get your hand on the rock. Of course, what they don't finish is the, what you do when you get your hand on that rock. Yair almost had his hand on the rock. And you don't, if you pay attention to the game, you understand something. It's about getting your hand on the rock and using the rock. There's not a single guy who had his hand on the rock who used that rock well that's coming to mind. Accused rapist uh, uh, Connor McAnal, sorry, Connor McNuggets, uh, Connor McGregor. Accused rapist Connor McGregor had the oopsie over a barrel. And then Dolly Gate, and then Whiskey Gate, and then Old Man Punch in the Face Gate, then Italian DJ Gate, and then Anal, anal Salt Gate, and then the second kidnapping gate, and dudes over a barrel. And then losses on top of that. The bald one doesn't like him, and he's glad to see him. Let's see. You got sausages on your plate. And I have sausages on my plate. Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> At this point now, McAno can only lose sausages in his dealings with the, the, the bald one. Score one for the bald one wins again. Johnny Boney Joni, high on a hog. Winning his guy, leave him behind, abdicating, going to walk into the world wants to see him in, uh, against Ngano. Hall of Fame inductee. And is talking crazy, smashing his head against a police cruiser in Vegas, no less. Didn't see it coming over a barrel. You got nothing now. There's only one time in a fighter's life when you can start demanding things. There's only one thing in the life that may, gives orders, Frank. Balls, you got those? You don't have any balls. You're done. You're done. You're done. There is nobody. Everybody else is Cal Shkalak. Everybody else is Cal Shkalak. Yeah, you can make a claim. You can't. You don't have the juice. You squandered the juice. So I got that feeling with Yair, and it was tough to watch. He's a good fighter, but he could have he walked 
He could have burst into flame in that cage and it wouldn't make a difference because he's still a man over a barrel. And the guys that you see that are, are crafting ways forward for themselves are guys who are like good enough guys. And so we're thinking we give you six. What number is that? 30,000? Okay. That's good enough. <laughs> Love you guys. Max Holloway, hey, whatever. I'm not here for the money. You got guys who say they're not here for the money, like Hicks and Gracie, and say, I'm not here for the money. However, if I'm here, it's for the money. <laughs> he doesn't didn't fight professionally. I mean, and not MMA. So, you know, I mean, it was weird to watch. I mean, Holloway won legit. It was a good fight. Roswell fought before, was the man who I picked because he's a friend to knuckle up and a person, you know, I feel good feelings about the guy, but it's what the kind of performance I saw. It seems it might be time. It might be time. Some of the other fights on the card, Andrea Lee beat Cynthia Calvillo. That made me happy. Cynthia Calvillo has forgotten the E portion of the equipment, has, has been subsumed by the E portion of the uh, uh, had has the same problem. The E portion of the equation seems to enter your mind in a way that's not uh, salubrious. E being sports entertainment. It seems like you've seen some script or some movie that Calvillo's like, if I give enough attitude, I can win the crowd if I don't win the fight. <laughs> yeah, and next thing you know, you're refusing to answer the bell for the third round in the fight. So guess what? I guess attitude didn't win the fight. I guess a perfect haircut like uh, uh, Nick Kiss Cage and Peggy Sue got married. I got the teeth. I got the looks. I've got the hair. I guess if you dig it, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sean Woodson, good to see. These were things I didn't care about because I didn't care about his opponent. Yeah, and there were a couple of fights like that, but I like Sean Woodson. Uh, there were a couple of nice submissions. Uh, I had continuing questions. Song, uh, Song Yudong, good fight. I have a couple of questions about if the USADA still exists. Does it still exist? Is it is it existing still? Does anybody USADA? Are they testing? Are they testing people with anything other than Chico sticks uh, or Slim Jims? What do you? How are you? You what's your testing protocol? All right, okay, it's just me. It's just me, I guess. It's just me. Hey, if you know anything about fish oil, let me know. Uh, now that I've almost poisoned myself with all these other things, I'm starting to take this 1200 MCGs of fish oil and I've actually felt kind of crappy. And then I doubled it. Cause I thought, well, clearly if I'm taking one and I feel bad, maybe I'm just not taking enough. And now I feel really crappy. <laughs> I could also eat fish, <laughs> which I do, but then I'm afraid of the mercury. So the fight last night, you know, Two cares on a 14-care card. And next week, I think the uh, the card is UFC Vegas 28, something like that. I think I've got five cares on a 14-care card. So not that much better. But, you know, I mean, these are based on excitement factor. So I don't know. I mean, you know, we've talked before about maybe aging out of the UFC. But I, I honest to God... 
I, honest to God, what I'm seeing is that for better or for worse, the UFC is turning into baseball. How many baseball games do they play in a year? You see them all? I don't really see them all, but generally you have good feelings about baseball and you like to participate. And I think that's the kind of fan that they're looking for. But I come from a, a boxing base where I'm there for the spectacle. I'm there for Madison Square Garden. I'm there for a nation tuned in on the radio. The highest of the high. I'm looking for something, and I just think that they, would, based on the deal with ESPN, they're just through. They're done. They're over. It's past. Because you don't need the pay-per-views. So the idea of nurturing a Johnny Boney Jones and and of course, we don't have to, you know, they, they're cats who I like to watch, but the question is enough for them? Enough for them. I suggested on last week's show, on another show, Raid KSW. And those big-ass Polish guys are fun to watch. I don't know. This is the classic bipolar thing. Start the show all ebullient, happy, full of hope and promise. And now I feel like pretty boy Floyd and old brother, where, where brother, wherefore art thou? Like, I just shout the town. Is there anything else? Is this all there is? What do you replace MMA? I'll tell you what you replace MMA with. BJJ. Apropos of that, we got a, we got a wonderful JJB today. Wonderful JJB. We go into some psychological stuff, some stuff I picked up from Helio Gracie. You should pay attention to the JJB. If you're subscribed to this channel, it notifies you. I think I got to give the kid a bath after this, and then when after she's asleep, then I'll, I'll, I'll upload the JJB. But I, I, I think I think you might appreciate it. I feel like I am bereft of a conclusion, which is fitting because this is not an ending. This is a beginning. If you've been paying attention to the Aussie story, you see that a couple of things happen. That uh, SEC and um, and uh, uh, the federal authorities have opened investigations. This made made the New York Times. It was another big story, another big blip of Aussie news. Also, apropos of that. The insurance company that indemnified all of Ozzy's missteps is balking at paying for them. They said they were defrauded as well and are refusing to pay the $2 million that Ozzy's being sued for. But So now we get in a terrible, I lost my house territory. The insurance company can prove, and an insurance company hasn't even started asking questions, as far as I know, about Ozzy Fest. So, so this is this has hit the news. This has hit the news this week, and 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 I also know if you've been caught up in the soap opera, I also know that there's some news that's about to hit in the next eight days that will have a certain amount of impact on this show. I can't tease it beyond that, but I've been on the phone helping people make decisions that only a man with his hand on the rock could help them make. In any case, it's been a tight hour in and out. Let me explain the rest of the week to you. Monday at noon, uh, Care Don't Care goes live. Tuesday night at 7.30. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if you, you – oh, it's a special secret thing. So for those of you who know the special secret thing that happens Tuesday night at 7.30, you know what I'm talking about. 
If you do not subscribe to that special secret thing, 7.30 on Tuesday night, you do not know what I'm talking about. Um, and I can't, apparently I got in trouble for disclosing already. Stick around 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. You have If the Shoes Fit. Don't know what the kerfuffles are going to be about, but there are plenty of them. That's Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, if you don't know about the special secret 7.30 thing. And that is the week. There's a fight on Saturday. There's a substack on Sunday. And I'm working the entire week on fuck yeah stuff at Wong Aduti. No, it's not. Oxbow stuff is not off of Spotify. It is not. It just got put back on. We moved it all over from Hydrahead to Epicac. Epicac helped with this Herculean effort. And at least seven or eight of the records are there. We're trying to track down the guys who have up friends of ours, Fred from Ruminants Records, who apparently has up Let Me Be a Woman and uh, Serenade in Red. And we want to pull all those into the same, the same house. It's up there. So you, you either have it checked or you're looking at things with, with something other than your eyes. <laughs> so that's there. <laughs> um, yeah, Thin Black Duke. Thank you, sir. Um, and then, uh, if those of you for the Oxbow news, Nico has been in the studio with Joe doing guitar overdubs for Love's Holiday, which is the next record. Uh, those who care, Boonwell's next record, uh, is Killers Like Us, um, comes out February 22nd, I believe. We're about to see a big announcement for it tomorrow which I probably shouldn't have said anything about. If you follow me on the Twitter machine, you will get it at Eugene S. Robinson. I will tweet it out as soon as I get it. The record will appear. The first record on a North American label, it will be Profound Lore. The first two records, uh, uh, Resting Place for Strangers and An Easy Way Out, are on Italian labels. This is the first one that is also on Italian labels, but uh, Profound Lore is is carried over the finish line for North America, and they're actually going to tour on it, they meaning me, in July. Oxbow is playing November 27th, whatever that Saturday is. I don't have a calendar. It's either 27th or 28th. I think it's 27th at Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. You have to have vaccination cards and masks. I will not. I have a vaccination card. I will not be singing through a mask. You should come if you can. Last I heard, there were 20 tickets left. I believe was the case. Show up if you can. For some reason, I don't know why I'm not seeing it in any of the signing materials, but I know for a fact that the show is on. We were on for two seconds and then off Flippers New Year's Eve show, but that's okay. <laughs> New Year's Eve show, I like to clean my guns. <laughs> and that's not much of a show for anybody but me. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric Jarvis at Tone Deaf Booking. Wants to have Boonwell do a U.S. tour. Um, you know, we have to do it. Like, the, if the breakdown very simply is 2022 for Boonwell, 2023 for Oxbow. That's the breakdown. And it all includes shows. Of course, uh, Oxbow show is going to be safer because in 2023 we should be, well, everybody's going to die. Maybe it's already dead, I guess. 27 people for me. 27 known, known associates. Anyway. That's the end of the show. This is version one, a nine, a zero of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. Thanks for listening. Try not to die.
between you know what Chicago man let me tell you something there's some places that have been have kicked us in the ass it's like Lucy and Charlie Brown and I gotta say Chicago is one Chicago is one uh Michigan is another where we just gotta go like why like why why <laughs> man we, we the best show we had in Chicago was with uh unsane the baseball game had let out all these people showed up and I feel some light sprinkling on the back of my leg. So what is that? I turn around and somebody has thrown a beer at me. And so I'm about to beat this guy into unconsciousness. And one of the super huge Polish fans is just starts pummeling this cat and he's screaming while he's pummeling. That man is a fucking artist. <laughs> That's what I love about an Oxbow audience. That's it. <laughs> It was at that club under the train station. I can't remember what it's called. The Metro. The Metro, I think, is what the club. But uh, I don't know. Probably. Probably. Probably we'll play these places again. Um, But, you know, everybody says, ah, I missed you guys. Maybe see you next time. Talking to a 59-year-old man. There might not be many next times, my friend. You get a chance to see Oxbow show up. (laughs) November 27th, San Francisco, at the very least. Anyway, thanks for listening. Try not to die between this week and next week. JJB later on tonight. Until then, look what you made me do!